you have this on the screen, Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all together in one place, in unity. And suddenly there came a sound of hev- from heaven as of a mighty, a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's verse 4. Verse 5, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Moving forward to verse 14. But Peter... Standing up with the the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, or nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And in the, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This has been in the prayer room here for over 10 days, and many of you know about it. It's called Wait 10. Kyle, Pastor Kyle, has called this the church to this. And so um, for the 10 days before Pentecost, Jesus was resurrected uh, on Passover. And then for 40 days, he walked the earth and then he ascended and he told his disciples to wait in the upper room. He didn't say for 10 days. He just said, wait to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so it was 10 days, and it was on, because God is a great calendar keeper and planner. It came on Pentecost, a Jewish feast that had always been celebrated at that time. A Jewish feast that caused all the, the, the ethnic groups, the different languages, people, Jews from all over, to come together to Jerusalem. A couple other feasts are like that. So that's why there were many who, had, who understood different languages. So... Kyle writes this, many trusted prophetic voices in the body of Christ have been sensing similar stirrings about an unprecedented Pentecost that is coming for us at the end of May, a Pentecost that will truly usher in a widespread, tangible, measurable experience of the Holy Spirit's outpouring. What if we too just simply waited and cried out from this room for 10 days. 
What if we simply waited and purely believed him for a great fulfillment and a full-strength bucket of the latter rain of the Holy Spirit to be released in our immediate region of Lake Travis and in our city of Austin? Well, so many of you have done that. You've responded. You've either been doing it at home. 27 signed up to meet here for an hour a day for, for 10 days, and then a great gathering yesterday. I don't know how many were here, but uh, there was uh, a waiting on the Lord. I, I did a little quick conservative calculation, and there were 50 out, uh, 500 hours of prayer gone up over this, this last 10 days. So I want to thank all of you who jumped in and all of you who have been saying yes to, based on your schedules, and there's no condemnation for sure. Today, I want to share just briefly um, a threefold progression that I see in Scripture that relates to God pouring out His Spirit. A threefold progression that's in, found in Acts chapter 3. You know, Acts 2, we just read. Acts 3, the next chapter, this is a, a it's found in here, Acts 3, 19 through 21. And this is a a progression means something progresses to the next thing, to the next thing. So it's this leads to this, which leads to this. And it can be, there can be a causation principle to the progression where this causes this, which causes this. Or there can just be an order. Whenever, when you see lists in Scripture, pay attention because there could be an order there and importance to that. And so I believe with this threefold progression that it's both. The one causes the next to the next, but it's also in order. The progression, simply put, is three words that begin with R. Repent. Repentance leading to refreshing, leading to restoration. Repent, refresh, restore. Now, this progression, these principles apply to your life individually, to your family. You can apply them to your church. You can apply them to the church at large in your region or sphere. You can apply them to your city. And I would say now, big time, we can apply them in intercession to our nation. Repentance. Leading to refreshing, which leading to like holy dominoes leads to restoration. Amen. Do it, Lord. Let's look at it. Repent, verse 19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. Repentance is the condition we need to meet to qualify for these two promises of God. Refreshing and restoration. Now, all three of these describe what happens when the Holy Spirit is poured out. There's repentance, there's refreshing, there's restoration. Sins are confessed, 
Hearts are refreshed. Lives are restored. And power, divine power, gets restored to the church. These three describe. Somebody may ask, well, what does an outpouring look like in 2020? Well, I don't know what an outpouring looks like in 2020 fully at all. But I can tell you these three ingredients will be there. There will be repentance leading to refreshing and restoration. I don't want to be alarmist today, but I am deeply concerned that our nation is heading into some form of civil war. It's been brewing. It's like this perfect storm. Racism, lawlessness, police brutality videos captured on video for the whole world to see and be sickened by and be enraged by. You mix in these kind of things with demonstrations, with looting, with the post office in one city being burned down. With the national, and, and no fire, fire trucks to put it out. The National Guard being called into, nation, into cities all over our nation. You mix that in with 40 million people unemployed. With over 100,000 people dying, have died from the coronavirus. You mix these things together, and there is division in our nation. Red states, blue states. The media is divided at how to handle and respond to the crises. The politicians are divided as to how to handle and respond to the crisis. So we must have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What's the answer? What do we do? We rend our hearts in repentance, and we say, we cry out, Lord, rend the heavens and come down. I mean, if ever we needed an outpouring, we need it now. We need him more than ever now. And you're positioning yourselves for the clouds to open, for the that tongue today, I, I, I felt like I, I got up and shared the interpretation I had. You know, when a tongue is given corporately, it's not a translation, you know, it's, a, it's an interpretation. So, you know, Virginia didn't give a word for word what was said, but as, as Norm started giving that word, I started hearing this little ticker tape back in, Rend, you know, uh, swing wide the, the heavenly gates, um, open gates. So, so this is right where we are. You in waiting 10 days, you being here today, you having hungry hearts, we are waiting and we're calling out. We're rending our hearts. We're repenting of, of like the little, the yes to all the little things. And we're positioning ourselves. A couple of comments and then about each of these. Repent has three, the idea of turning the, the word repent in New Testament is meta, no way, to change the way you think. 
It's a turning of our thinking and a turning of our actions. In Hebrew, in the Old Testament, it's a military term. It's sub in, in Hebrew, whatever that means, but it means you're, you're marching one way and you do an about face and you march in the exact opposite direction, 180 degrees. You turn from what you're doing to where, to a different direction. Three pictures with this idea of repent, and then I'll move to refresh and restore. I had a picture of us where we, parts of our lives where we wander. We've wandered away, or those who haven't ever come to the Lord, they've gone astray. And what it is, is this, was this idea, this picture of we're out in a hailstorm getting pelted with pea-sized hail or quarter-sized hail, and that's the trials, the harsh testings that come from being outside of the grace of God. Now, all, all Christians, we get tested and we have trials. But I'm talking about the unnecessary harsh testings of great fear or great depression or addiction or offense and bitterness. That's like you're getting pelted with hail and you like you come to the end of yourself like the prodigal son and you go, I've got to run to the shelter of God's love and protection. It's Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of all, the Almighty. That's a, but there's a repenting. You're marching this way. You're getting pelted with hail. You're like, wait. And you don't march. You run to the shelter. I will say of the Lord, the psalmist said, he is my refuge and my fortress. A second picture of repent with the idea of turning is you turn from business as usual, from schedules as usual, from Instagram as usual. You turn from business as usual that may not be sin, but it's just not positioning you for the fire to come in your heart. You turn from business as usual and you schedule time. You set aside time to wait before the Lord, to become acquainted with the Holy Spirit, to just be before him. That's a repentance. The third kind of repentance is you turn from self-reliance to God-reliance. You turn from striving to make it happen to yielding to the Holy Spirit. That's a turning that positions us for the Lord to pour out in our life. We turn from achieving to receiving. From striving to yielding. From self-reliance to God-reliance. That's a repenting. Because we all kind of think we can do it all, right? I got this. I got it taken care of. I mean, at least our flesh does. Anybody ever get this queasy feeling like, I feel out of control of this or that? Anybody else like me, you feel, man, I'm out of, I feel out of control on this. Good. It's, that's actually a good not good that you're, I'm not saying, I'm, oh, I want you to be tortured. But it's good to understand 
that we can't control everything. And so we let go. Jesus, take the wheel. You know, John Thurlow was singing this week. He said, emotions are like children. Okay? He said, you, you don't let them drive the car, but you don't stuff them in the trunk either. <laughs> let them in the car. There's a good thing to have. Feelings are good. And he was just singing off, you know, John. Did you all see, hear that part? Yeah, they're like, so don't stuff, don't, the feelings are, they're important. So we repent. Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. To wait is not passive. It is to bind together the literal Hebrew. You draw close. You press in. Wait upon the Lord. And that word renew your strength, the Hebrew word there is you will exchange strength. I'm getting to something here because... Repent, a picture of repenting, turning from self-reliance to God-reliance is you come to God with your weak little, here's my little strength, Lord. I can't do it. I just picked up something. Lord, here's my piddly, inefficient strength. I'm going to turn. I'm going to step away from self-reliance into God-reliance. And it means you exchange your piddly little weak strength for God's almighty, awesome, all-encompassing all strength, the power of God. It's like giving him a little twig and him giving you this giant baseball bat to move in his power. Quickly refresh. As we repent... God promises to refresh. And that's that same idea. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Papa Ross, you said, arise, church. How will we arise? Not in our own strength. But strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We don't check out after these 10 days. We get addicted to waiting. (laughs) And we say, I like this. These have been a lot better. Times of refreshing come. We turn and we receive refreshing. We cannot make an outpouring happen. But we can make the choice to position ourselves for outpouring to happen. The outpouring can happen and we can miss it. So we, but we can't make it happen. We, can't make, we can make the choices to position ourselves. We can make the choices to love. To love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Which, by the way, I have to make that choice like 20 times a day. I have to sign up. I go around with an imaginary pen. If you see me in the prayer room doing this, I'm signing my name. For real. Because it helps me. I'm, all right, I sign up again to love you with all my heart. My heart's torn. I rend my heart. See, when we sin, we should get torn up about it. I rend my heart. Lord, I sign back up. 
And it, it, so we can't make outpouring happen, but we can make the choice to love him with all our heart. We can't make it happen, but we can make, we can make the choice to obey him. Which, by the way, I have to sign up like 50 times a day on that one. But then re- that's when refreshing comes. So we can't make it happen, but we can choose. And we can say, Lord, strengthen me to keep choosing. Third, restore. As we repent, God promises to restore that which has been destroyed or diminished. I believe prayer rooms, I believe churches, I believe your prayers can make a difference in our nation. I'm not just twiddling my thumbs going, oh, it's so bad out there. I'm saying, wait, no. The Lord's given us authority to wait before the courts of heaven and call heaven down and say, rend the heavens over our nation. Great revival, a billion-soul revival, I believe, is coming to America, to the world, well, the whole world. But a big part of that, America. So we restore. God restores. We don't restore. God is really, what is restore, restoration? He picked up all my pieces and put them back together. He's the restorer of my life. God is really, really good at fixing broken things. <laughs> at fixing crushed things. The literal Greek, when it says he came to heal the brokenhearted, the literal Greek is he came to deliver the crushed in spirit. That's who he is. I can't describe what all restoration will look like. But Isaiah 40, verse 4, it says it way better than I could. When the Spirit of God comes and he restores, he makes the valleys be exalted. He brings the mountains and hills low. He makes the crooked places straight. And he makes rough places smooth. That's restoration. And I love this about God. I got so touched. I read it again this morning and went, no way. He makes the valleys not just level. The valleys get exalted. Your low point doesn't just get evened out. He says, no, I'm going to make that prominent. I'm going to make you up above. I'm going to raise that up. Bill Johnson shared this Friday in a Zoom call. He quoted Charles Spurgeon, pastor from the 1800s. He made a statement that I believe is a word for us today. I believe a word for the, for the church around the world, as there were a million plus people probably on this Zoom call. So a lot of people heard it. But this is what Charles Spurgeon said a, fa- a famous, amazing pastor in London in the 1800s. So his language is a little different. He said this. Uh, he said, when people hear about what God used to do, one of the things they say is, oh, that was a very long while ago. They imagine that times have altered since then. But I want to know, what does that have to do with it? I thought it was God that did it. Has God changed? Is he not an immutable, unchanging God 
the same yesterday, today, and forever? Talking about outpouring. Does not that prove that what God has done at one time, he can do at another? Nay. There's your 1800. Nay. I think I may push it a little further and say what he has done once is a prophecy of what he intends to do again. It's not a monument, oh, that was so good. It's like, no, that sets the bar for what God wants to do again. Where has he moved in your life? Where have you said, God, you really showed up? That's a prophecy of what he wants to do again in your life, in the life of this church, in the life of our nation. What he has done once is a prophecy of what he intends to do. I want to close. Rachel, if y'all can start. I want to close and give us a, a little more time at the end to just, just love on the Lord, let him love on us. But I want to close with a testimony that I've never shared with this church before. I found out the other day I'd never shared it with my daughter because it was so personal and profound that I just filed it away. But I repented because I was filing it away as a one-time, a one-off instead of looking at it as a prophecy for what he wants to do. Pastor Nate shared last week that this wait 10 was a unified action step. And I remembered the, the message as I shared a while back that God wants to give us action steps, spell it A-X, action steps to chop down trees of unbelief. Well, wait 10 is an action step to chop down the trees of unbelief that say that it won't happen here. Revival outpouring won't happen here and it won't happen now. Well, those things are like tombstones we've been sharing. They're like trees that are getting chopped down. So I'm sharing this testimony now, very personal, but so powerful and profound. I'm sharing it to help us to see that even in my own life and experience, I'm so thankful I was there because now it gives me fresh faith to say, you're the same back then in 1984 as you are today. I was youth pastor of a church in Waco, Texas. It was August of 1984. The reason I know it was August was because I was having calling down the youth to, to pray to be the power of the Spirit, Acts 1-8, to come upon them to be witnesses But as they went back to school. It was a youth camp outside of Waco, about 500 young people. And our youth group was about a fifth of the camp that was a very large group over a hundred young people so we had such a, a large group at night you'd have your little evening devotional but we had to use a softball uh, bleachers of the softball field and so they were all in the bleachers and we had some wonderful worship leaders from the church and so we were worshiping and I just felt that oh 
as the worship is going. Have an altar call. Come down from the bleachers to receive power to be a witness for school. Just started out innocent like that. Junior high and high schoolers. And they started making their way down the, the bleachers. And as they were coming forward, this completely foul, like the worst smell, kind of like a mix between skunk and rotten eggs or something sulfurish. It was so strong. Everybody started going, oh, like getting sick. It was this huge, and I, and, and I didn't know what was going on, and, but the, I was like, Holy Spirit, help. And he put in my heart, he, I said, I said, announced to them all, I said, I want you to know this, as they were worshiping, I said, your praise, this is how your praise smells to the devil. I said, so let's just keep worshiping. So we just kept worshiping, and within seconds, the smell completely went away. Now, I don't know if a skunk got run. I don't know what happened or if it was just all kind of a supernatural thing. But the next thing I know, as sure as I'm standing here, it was like 110, 100, however many young people there were. It was like a bowling ball hit all the pins, and they all just spontaneously just like fell over. And they, many, a sixth grader that hits the ground on her back and just starts praying, singing out loud in tongues all over. And the, an eighth grade young man who used to bug me, I mean, he was one of my trouble kids. I'm laid out like this on the grass and he's over me praying over me. And it went for a, a 20, 30 minutes. I don't know how long. And you understand one other thing. These young people were against the move of the Spirit because they were, they were mad that their parents were so busy at church meetings. And so for that to happen, nobody did that. Nobody called that. But it was, it was a sovereign outpouring that caused lives to change from 6th grade to 12th grade. It was a denominational camp. And so the next day, as all the, the 20 youth pastors gathered, you thought I had leprosy. So they looked at me like, what have you done? What, you know, because they were all coming back from their evening things, watching this charismatic thing happen. And I looked at them like, I don't know what happened. But I do know what happened. That was one way God chose to do this. And it was so, I mean, I don't know all the effects good from that night. But I want to share that. Would you stand up, if you would, to your feet? As a testimony to build our faith. That God intends. Don't know how it will all look. But we just, as Suzanne shared at the beginning, two or three are gathered. There he is with us. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we repent of lack of expectation. 
that what you've done, you're not going to do it again. Or how you've done it, Lord, we take off the, <clears throat> the regulators of how you can come. And we take that axe to the unbelief that it won't happen in Lake Travis. And it won't happen now. Lord, we've already repented as we've, as Kyle prayed earlier. Wherever we need refreshing today, fresh hope, fresh joy, wherever we need restoration today, in our body, in our finance, in our family, in our relationships. We thank you that when we repent, we enter into times of restoration from the presence of the Lord. And when we turn to you, we turn and we set aside time. And we turn and we're under the shelter of your love and protection. that you bring restoration.